Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anime April, uh, the month where we watch anime shows and talk about them here on the Netflix and Swole podcast. I'm Caleb. And I have a tendency for battle. And I have phantom blood. It's a devastating condition. Uh, I need a transfusion of not ghost blood. Why is that arc called phantom blood? Does anybody know? I bet no one knows. I don't know. I think it's just uh, spooky because it's, you know, paranormal stuff and it involves blood because it's uh, it's about vampires. So uh, that part's true. So how are you? Uh, if if you can't tell by the the intro and the um, the title of the episode uh, all month long, we're watching Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So. I'm fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? Uh, doing doing pretty well. I was watching some JoJo today. I am ahead of the schedule for the month because I had already started rewatching JoJo before we oh, did this. Well, that's because you're prepared and understand that. Uh, I was being like, hey, we should do Jojo for like at least four months. It's uh, it's an undertaking. So you're very brave and I'm proud of you. I know. We got 26 episodes done today and then every other season is 39. So let's go. Let's do it. Fortunately, uh, every intro is uh, (laughs) a minute and a half. So that cuts Mm -hmm. a minute and a half off of every episode. Also, like, we're going to talk about this with each part, but like all the intros are fucking bangers, too. Yes. Yeah. Theme music's real good. But yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, it's finally here. I feel like a winner. Oh, you want to talk about that on this podcast? You don't want to save that for the other podcast? Well, I I am going to save it for the other podcast, but uh, I'll just say that, like, I won a magic tournament at a my local game store. Uh, I was very excited. Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, also, I take full credit because uh, I beat you with one of my decks <laughs> with the deck you played, and it made you make changes. And then I feel like those changes are what what led you to directly winning the tournament. Sure, that's what I'm going to tell myself. So I won a tournament. Is what you're trying to say. I don't know if I made any changes after you beat me with that deck, though. Uh, unmake? Unmaking? Uh, I mean, I bought a whole bunch of them. I didn't have them in the deck that I played there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also didn't see the card that uh, fucking beat my ass that time. Although I think that I'm putting that card into that deck, so. Uh, you don't want to hear about magic here. You want to hear about uh, yeah. Netflix and Swill. So let's That's talk true. about some swill. 
Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Well, I'm glad you brought it up, Dan. Uh, I am having a Lagunitas IPA. Uh, I bought a variety pack of all their different IPAs because uh, one time we were doing like an Epic Film Guys Megasode and John from now in Technicolor called it Laguintas. So it's like, oh, I'm going to get some Laguintas. I remember that. In fact, as soon as you said I, I got some Lagunitas, I always went, oh, Laguintas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's their basic IPA. It's uh, pretty good. All right. I don't know. I don't drink a lot of IPAs. Some of them are a bit, a bit extra for my taste, but uh, this is pretty good. Uh, that's fair. Uh, as for me, I am drinking a gin and tonic. It's a different bourbon barrel rested gin this time, though, uh, called the Chemist, and uh, not quite as good as Cardinal Gin. I'll say that. Also, it was five dollars more, so dope. Uh, but the <laughs> the other thing. I want to bring up. Uh, I don't know if anybody's been in the store recently, but apparently there is now Nitro Pepsi. That's right. They've made Pepsi with Nitro, which apparently is Jesus. the new thing that everyone loves. Is Nitro everything. Nitro, Nitro drafts, Nitro coffee, now Nitro soda or pop. Uh, it's okay. All right. Uh, with the swell of the way, it's time to get to the Netflix and talk about some news. Oh. Shit, it's mail time. Yeah. Um, hey, did you did you know that Will Smith is a piece of shit? A, a violent I, I, psychopath. I feel like we're gonna have a I think we're gonna have a difference of opinion on the overall events of that night. Because uh my 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 take on the whole thing is why do you why does anybody give a fuck at all yeah, about yeah, this? True. Like, just just shut the fuck up. Like, no one cares. I think it was, you know, it's it's a stupid thing. But like. I think the world is getting to see like. The person Will Smith actually is, because like the. The the narrative that like, oh, he's he's such a nice guy, like he's famous, but he's just a nice, normal guy. Uh, has never been true. But anyway, there's, uh, I guess, a reason we're talking about it now. So after the, the slap heard around the world, Netflix is the last domino to fall for Will Smith. The streaming service is now moving Will Smith's next movie, Fast and Loose, to the back burner. While the movie hasn't been outright canceled, Netflix is seemingly waiting for the negative press around Smith to die down before resuming pre-production. I hope that this doesn't impact Bright 2. That's a joke. Oh, it's clearly impacted Bright 2 to the point where I don't know if that movie even exists anymore. I don't know that it existed in the first place. That's not true, because Scott Stuber actually said at one point, we're still working on Bright 2. So, like, I mean, I say a lot of shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Uh, I I don't care that Will Smith smacked somebody on live television. Uh, and also, yeah, swore at him on live television. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about anybody's hot take about the whole thing. Just shut the fuck up. Uh, it's, it's just whatever. I, I think that I care most about, you know, like I said, just people seeing him for who he is. 
because he's a, I think he's a big prick. And I think that, you know, he's his uh, indulgence and spoiling of Jaden has turned him into one of the hardest people to work with in the industry. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that the kind of the whole family can just kind of go fuck themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the the death of uh, another Holly Hollywood celebrities career. Cool. I don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, the, I, these people don't. Owe, I don't owe these people anything. They don't owe anything to me. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know care. these people. I don't care about them. Right. So you know what? Uh, I, I don't like if you have a hot Will Smith, like he should be in jail. I don't care. Shut up. Just shut up. I don't care. Uh, but in terms of Netflix, I mean, I, I wonder because he has an Apple Plus movie that is currently in post-production. I wonder if that's going to get held. I don't know. He has that Disney like Planet Earth type series. Oh yeah. But I wonder what like I, I just kind of wonder what what his next like year looks like in terms of releases. I heard I heard people talking about like oh are they going to take away his Oscars? Like shut the fuck up. They're not going to take away. They didn't take away Harvey Weinstein's Oscars. Not Roman Polanski. Not Casey Affleck. You know. They don't care that much. They'll just kick him out and be like, hey, you can't win awards anymore. Well, here's the whole thing is like. They can do whatever they're going to do after the fact, but. The fucking Academy is a joke anyway, because like normally when somebody gives a speech, uh, they start playing them off after 45 seconds. Will Smith assaulted somebody on live television uh, and then gave a speech for over five minutes and then got a standing ovation. I didn't realize it was, he took five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speeches should be 45 seconds, period. End of sentence. You want you want the Oscars to be fucking actually watchable? 45 seconds. The Oscars should be go away forever regardless it's i don't well, that's true don't care about uh like don't give them a platform to fucking jerk themselves off these people aren't important yes i agree with you and that's why we, that's why i don't like the oscars <laughs> uh speaking of not liking the oscars uh well, i'll skip ahead here uh after the oscars netflix is still searching for its first best picture win even worse is that uh, rival Apple TV Plus became the first streaming service to win Best Picture in its first nomination, no less. Uh, Caleb, people hate Netflix. People in Hollywood hate Netflix more than Apple. Discuss. I mean, it's it's been a running joke for years that Netflix will green light literally any project. It doesn't matter what level of quality they bring to the platform. They have that reputation. It's it's what it is. Lean into it or, you know, change that perception. It's kind of true. I, I, I feel like it's more like old Hollywood being like, they've ruined the theater system. No one goes oh, to watch my movies theaters anymore are closing. How will uh, I afford my expensive prostitutes and Cuban cigars? Yeah. And Apple has openly committed to a theater run for all of their stuff. So I feel like it's just like, a, hey, we don't want like it, it's we want Netflix to never win, because if they win, that legitimizes them and their their practices. And that means less overall money for all of us. I, I don't know, man. I don't give a shit about the Oscars at all. I don't. I don't either. 
I think I think that the the trophy that I got for my magic tournament, which is just uh, a little Griffin miniature from a D and D game or something that they quickly spray painted gold and uh, put on top of a block of wood, is more important than an Oscar. That's fair, but it, because it is- I earned this. But it is important to note that Netflix seemingly does fucking care about the Oscars for some reason. So, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's just like you said, it's they care about it because it's their path to legitimacy. So I don't know. I, I, I saw a lot of people like clapping for Apple and I'm just like. Are you do you just not know anything about anything at all to where you're like, yes. I love the the trillion dollar company that works with a, another company that builds all their iPhones that has suicide nets outside the fucking building. I love that company. Yeah. That company makes good stuff now. Thank you, company. <laughs> Again, it's Hollywood. Everybody's super fucking out of touch. Well, not even that. I, I don't even mean like anybody in Hollywood. I mean, like people online, like. Actively, actively being like, fuck you, Netflix, you fucking dog shit company. Be more like Apple. And it's like, bro, what? Well, what are you talking about? Those people killing themselves by jumping out of the factories uh, don't matter because they're not American. Is not my opinion, but that's probably what those people's logic is. They can't see it, so it doesn't affect them. True. I don't own any Apple products. I'll never purchase an Apple product. I'll never uh, subscribe to Apple TV. I think that they're a bad company and their user experience is bad. And I think that their products are bad. And I think that they're morally bad. Sure. That's fair. So, yeah, uh, my prediction for the Oscars are this. Either Netflix wins next year or Netflix never wins uh, until they get bought by somebody else. And then... That's it. That's all I have to say on the Oscars. We're we're not talking about that until uh, next year when Amy Schumer fucks a clown live on stage with oh, her vagina. <laughs> now say my vagina. <laughs> uh, fuck. All right. Uh, our next story is probably the most significant one. Uh, it is that Netflix has held two meetings with employees. Main, the main focus behind them being to, uh, telling them to be mindful of spending and hiring. Uh, hiring includes spending, so I guess they, mm-hmm. they wanted to delineate that as part of it. So, uh, Caleb, but Netflix is penny-pinching. It's... Uh... We've talked about it before. The uh, easiest way to increase revenue is control spending, so... Oh, increase profits. Profits. Well, yeah. Revenue means something else. And I think every time we talk about it, you correct me on that. But yes. But yes, words mean things. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, It's just weird that they're worrying about, like, personnel spending as opposed to content spending. Because it seems like content spending is the thing they spend way more on uh <laughs> moron than anything hmm. else like i i think they're up to 17 18 billion dollars worth of content spending this year which like hmm. cut that by a third i don't know if anybody's noticing 
So uh, I don't know, man. Just I would have start with I would have started with green lighting less shit than looks like ass. So let's say they can cut their workforce by a hundred people and get the remaining people to do the same amount of work that they would have done with those hundred new employees. Uh, let's assume that like this is just you know pulling this out of the ether, but let's assume that like the average Netflix employee makes eighty thousand dollars a year. I think right there, they've saved themselves eight million dollars. That's that's an indie movie. That's two sitcoms with Kevin James. Maybe I don't know, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but like compare that to their content budget. It's less than one percent. The content is the product that they can sell. The, the people are an expense. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, also, don't forget, that's just salary. You're also uh, ha- not having to play, pay like import, employer mm-hmm. portions on their taxes or their benefits. You can cut down the sizes of your offices and you're not paying as much in rent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. Well, uh, uh, unless, of course, Netflix is, is ascribing to the model of, oh, we of the sunk cost fallacy, which is like, oh, we've already paid for these offices. We want as many people in here as possible. So that way it looks like we have a workforce, you know, uh, the, know. the thing that's ca- uh, causing people to go the, back to the office now. The way Netflix cancels things after three seasons, I don't think that they fall into the sunk cost fallacy. You're probably true. <laughs> that's probably correct. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I look at that and I just go, even if you cut a bill, a billion dollars worth of content, who's going to know Who who's legitimately going to know that you cut a billion dollars worth of content spending? Versus, you know, let's even even getting getting rid of those hundred hundred people, which you said like eight million. I'm gonna guess about fifty percent of that uh, is also employer portion of like benefit spending, taxes, four one k, that kind of stuff. So you're saving twelve twelve million there. Which again, you're right. That's not something they're trying to sell. It's just a straight up expense. But also, like a billion dollars worth of content is negligible. Especially considering most of it is licensed anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, I will. I will mention that uh, this the source of this information comes from theinformation.com, which wanted me to spend four hundred dollars annually for their news, and I just went, "Are you fucking high?" <laughs> All right. Uh, our final story is that. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is rebooting the Spy Kids franchise for Netflix. All right, now we can discuss and talk about how this is the greatest move in history. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they already kind of rebooted Shark Boy and Lava Girl for it. So it's true. And that worked pretty well. That was one of the higher rated or higher watched movies of 2021. So. Uh, from a net from a Netflix business side, this is what you spend your content on things people will watch. Yeah. Which is why I don't think they'll ever reboot El Mariachi because no one will watch that. People order our patties. Unless like, unless no, I'm trying to think of like a high pro. Like if you got like a high profile Mexican actor, because he needs to be Mexican now. He can't just be like his like he can't just be from Spain like Antonio Banderas. Like people will legitimately roast the fuck out of the movie if he's not Mexican. So like you need somebody in like early to mid 30s. 
for El Mariachi. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to if anyone a fits that bill or B, if anyone would watch that kind of movie again. Yeah. OK. Um, is it time for downstream? It is. Baby, I can't control the Internet. Downstream is where we talk about new trailers for things that are coming to Netflix and it being anime April. We're going to kick it off with an anime trailer or at least an animated trailer. This is Vampire in the Garden. The fateful meeting of a human and the vampire queen may change the world from Wit Studio and the team of talented creators comes vampire in the garden one cold winter humanity lost its battle with the vampires and with it most of where they called home a small population of survivors created a wall of light in a small town to protect them and give them a place to live in peace the protagonist momo lives a repressed life but still wishes to coexist with the enemy the vampires fine the vampire (laughs) that's funny uh apparently her name is fine but uh Fine, the Vampire Queen once loved humans and disappeared from the battlefield. Uh, As war rages through the human's town, the two have a fateful encounter. Once upon a time, humans and vampires live in harmony in a place called Paradise. Jesus Christ, this is a long description. This is a story of a young girl and a vampire in a journey to find paradise. Vampire in the Garden premieres May 16th only on Netflix. The mortal enemies of a human girl and a vampire queen set on a search of paradise where humans and vampires once coexist in peace. Dan, what did you think? Uh, it's very anime. Uh, I looked it up. Wit Studio is, are the main production company behind the first three seasons of Attack on Titan. Yeah, I was going to say this looks like Attack on Titan. Yeah. Uh, so it's Attack on Titan, but with like uh, more understanding between. Actually, I don't know. I, I I'm aware of the story of Attack on Titan. I don't know uh, the the inner workings of it, but uh, it looks like Attack on Titan, but with vampires and vampires and humans coming to it respect each other ish. I don't know. My understanding of the attack on Titan, which uh, is limited, but I believe that like the people who are hiding from the Titans were the ones who created the Titans as like a bioweapon to destroy the rest of the world. Who were their enemies? Uh, But they ended up being trapped on an Island with the Titans. And then like tragedy plus time equals, uh, scary titans are trying to get us because we forget that we made them that sounds right that 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 sounds pretty close uh so yeah i don't know (sighs) we'll see it's a we'll see i have no idea maybe we'll watch it who the fuck knows who knows yeah the the whole thing with attack on titan is that like everywhere in the world except for where they're at is fine and they're just like basically in medieval times with Titans everywhere. And the rest of the world is like continued moving on in terms of like culture and technology. I can't imagine why <laughs> uh, it's uh, America, the show. I don't know. Eventually we'll blow ourselves up and that'll be that. Yeah. As long as I get to be uh, a Titan shifter. Just bite your hand and you'll be good. Speaking of Titan shifters, I'm going to skip ahead a few uh, because we're getting part two of Pacific Rim, the black. The epic series conclusion after Kaiju ravage Australia, two siblings pilot a Jaeger mech to search 
for their parents encountering new creatures, CD characters, and chance allies. Piloting Atlas Destroyer with May and Boy in tow, Haley and Taylor continue their journey to Sydney, but first, they must get past a bloodthirsty cult. This trailer reminded me that this show exists and a lot of things that happened in it. Because, like, they find a boy who's got, like, uh, kaiju DNA and can turn into a kaiju. And I had forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the main thing, like, like their main <laughs> mission outside of uh, getting to th- their parents was protecting boy. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks like more of the same, but also, like, some cool stuff happens, like, uh, they show, like, a clip from an action sequence where there's like three or four different kaiju coming at them. And uh, he fired like they have like the grapple chain weapon on their Jaeger and uh, he shoots it and it misses all of them. And you're like, oh, shit. And then you see what he was actually trying to do is like he implants it in a wall and then he's like retracting the cable to like uh, fucking. Like hyper speed fucking scoot past him it's kind of yep. neat it's a slick yeah. maneuver yeah it looks like a little bit more action uh a little bit more of dan, what dan likes aka dear cults. god i hope so yeah because there was maybe two fights in the first part and that was just like uh yeah. i came here to watch monsters get the fuck beat out of them well yeah like each time they had to like actively avoid fighting because uh they didn't have weapon because they were in a training Jaeger. And then they eventually get a, a weapon, which is the, the grapple chain. But yeah. yeah, I just I just want a bit more action out of it. Like, I, I don't I don't need two kids fucking around in a fucking training Jaeger, not doing anything. I, I want I want Kaiju to get killed. So I'm here. Dumb, big, dumb robot, big, dumb monster. Bash them together like you did when you were three years old playing with action figures. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next trailer is for honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoon with my mother. Jose Louis has been jilted at the altar, but everything has its bright side. And he goes on a honeymoon with his mother. On this trip, he discovers he doesn't know his mother and he loves her. The film hashtag honeymoon with my mother arrives on 29 April after being dumped at the altar. Jose Louis is forced to go on a honeymoon with his overbearing mother who has the time of her life. Uh, so the the mom from the look at the trailer, the mom's kind of a free spirit. He's a very serious boy. Uh, and they're doing like all these couple activities on the honeymoon and shit. And the mom's like pretending that they're newlyweds and shit to like, I guess, take the piss out of them. And my reaction to this trailer is, is he going to fuck his mom? <laughs> um, this looks like hell. This looks like my personal hell. So this is a horror movie. Uh, so this is what's going to happen to you after Ashley leaves you at the altar. Yeah. Yeah. Linda's going to go with me on a on a honeymoon and I'm, I'm going to shoot myself. Ah, uh, shit. This movie exists. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have anything nice to say about it. I, I think it looks. Uh, 
okay at best. Uh, if if you're in for uh, what's probably going to wind up being like awkward cringe humor, go for it. This is all you. With like a heartwarming yep. thing about like, oh, I, I now have a newfound love for my mom because I found out like she's not the worst fucking thing ever. All right. Uh, the next trailer is for a horror movie that I wish they would quit remaking over and over. Uh, it's called Choose or Die. After firing up a lost 80s survival horror game, uh, survival horror games didn't exist in the 80s. A young coder unleashes a hidden curse that tears reality apart, forcing her to make terrifying decisions and face deadly consequences. Tempted by a chance to win unclaimed prize money, two friends reboot a mysterious 1980s video game and step into a surreal world of next level terror. Uh, this is Jumanji. The next level has this premise. Uh, there's a uh, movie called stay alive that has this exact premise. Uh, the fucking Bandersnatch has this exact present premise. Uh, this is like the truth or dare movie. I've seen this movie at least like seven or eight times. Sure, that's fair. Um, What did did you think? So, yeah, they say survival horror, which uh, I I think what they really mean is text adventure. Yes, because it's a text adventure. Uh, The first survival horror game was Resident Evil, I believe, because that's where the term comes from. So it's a text adventure with horror themes, which is okay. fine. Whatever the semantics, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it looks like a lot of like dread humor or humor horror. There we go. That's it. Uh, yeah. I've now confused humor and horror after seeing the trailer for honeymoon with my mother. <laughs> so like there's a, there's a lot of dread horror, uh, a lot of body horror, a lot of like, oh, no, don't shove your face in those needles. That's that'll be horrifying. Yeah. Don't eat that glass. Yeah. I. I like those horror movies, so I will at least be the one to bite the bullet and check it out. Yeah. I mean, the the movie itself may be fine. I'm just saying, like, the, the premise has you're, been yeah. done to death. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm, I'm not going to say that this is a, a unique premise. It's just, can they iterate on it enough where I don't care? You, you know what's really spooky, Dan? Uh, green text on a black background of a computer screen. Anytime I have to stare at command prompt, it's fucking horrifying. (laughs) All right. Our final trailer this week is going to be for the sea beast. Which is a fancy way of saying the C word. Uh Oh, oh, did you see? Did you did you see Will Smith at the Oscars? He was being a real sea beast. Uh That's not that's nothing. I don't know. Correct. Um. Add this monstrous adventure to your watch list uh, from Academy Award winning filmmaker Chris Williams, uh, Moana, Big Hero 6. The Sea Beast takes us to where the map ends and the true adventure begins. Starring Carl Urban, Zaris Angel, Hator, Jared Harris and Marianne Jean-Baptiste, Dan Stevens and Kathy Burke. In an era where terrifying beasts roam the seas, monster hunters were celebrated heroes, and none were more beloved than the great Jacob Holland. Yeah, I got monster hunter vibes from this, honestly. Uh, but when young Maisie Brumble shows, stows away on a fabled ship, <laughs> he's saddled with an unexpected ally, 
Uh, together, they embark on an epic journey into uncharted waters and make history. I'm convinced you just do this segment so that we can so that I can stumble over names and shit. Uh, also, the characters Maisie Brumble. There's no way that that's not a character in Cats. That's a name. That's a that's a real name. So, I mean, I look at like like you, you mentioned it was the, the director behind Moana and Big Hero 6. And I immediately think, oh, Netflix is again trying for that best animated movie Academy Award yeah. that has eluded them for so long because they missed it with Mitchell's versus the machines. Uh, and it just seems to go to Disney every fucking year. So mm-hmm. two can play at that game. Let's just buy the guy who makes all this stuff and then try to win our award that way. Yeah. Um, the animation in this at at once looks beautiful and hideous it it has like a particular aesthetic and i can't quite put my finger on it but like the animation is like incredible like we've mastered the technology and there's like so much detail everywhere and all of the people are so fucking ugly yep it doesn't look uh Everything other than the people looks really good. Like, I don't know, the one like main monster that they show to it, like, I don't know, it has a it has an uncanniness to it. It's it's unpleasant to look at. Yeah, but uh, it looks cute. It could be it could be good. Yeah, it could be. Uh, All right. That's quick hits. It's time to move into not that's not quick. hits. that's downstream. We're going into quick hits. I'm ahead of myself. All right, so uh, I'll let you go first. I've I'm like very briefly going to touch on Bridgerton. I ran out of time on Star Trek, uh, so I just jumped ahead and watched Darmok. Okay, uh, because that's the episode that I wanted to see. It's uh, all the things that I was told about it pretty much hold up. It's uh, it's a very good episode. So the Enterprise makes contact with this uh, ship owned by a group of aliens that call themselves the the children of Tama. Uh, so like they've come across the Federation a couple times before, but like. Uh, the Federation people just found them like completely incomprehensible because of the way they speak. It's like the universal translator can translate their words, but they uh, communicate by by like metaphor and like referring to like their legends and stuff. It's like without the context, they're just like, what the fuck are these people talking about? So like in an effort to like make contact and like reach an understanding between their two peoples. Uh, like the captain of the Temerian ship beams himself and Picard down to this planet. Uh, and then like the Temerian ship has like, like an electromagnetic or like a scattering field that like prevents like teleporters from functioning to like, keep them from just beaming him back up. Right. So like, uh, because they can't communicate they don't know if like they're just gonna kill picard or like you know it's it's supposed to be like the captain and picard fight 
and then you know one of them kills the other and then like that's the victor or they don't know what the fuck's going on because they can't tell what they're saying uh so like the Tamarian captain keeps like trying to give picard this dagger and he says darmok and jalad at tanagra and like handing him this this dagger and picard's like no i'm not gonna fight you and throws it on the ground he like goes to hand him the dagger he's like timba his arms wide and picard's like i don't know what that means uh and he's just like the Tamarian seems despondent and he's like shaka when the walls fell uh you know shaka shaka his eyes closed uh and like you know through through iteration and like doing this like picard starts to get it it's like when he's saying temba his arms wide it's like a gesture of like giving or like friendship so he's trying to like the dagger is a gift because it turns out that like the reason that they're here is because there's a beast there that is like trying to kill them and through like this hunting ritual of the Tamarian captain and Picard killing this thing, they'll forge a new legend for their people and like thereby create like an opening to communicate and be friends with the, the Federation makes sense. But like at the end of it, um, Cause like the enterprise crew's freaking out and they're like, we have to get our captain back. So they're basically just going to start shooting at the Temerian ship to try to like open up the field for them to teleport uh, Picard out to like get him back. Uh, So like they're on the brink of war and like really when it comes down to it, like the Temerian ship is just much more suitable for combat. And like the enterprise is kind of hilariously outmatched. So uh, Picard, you know, arrives back on the bridge just in time uh, to, like, talk to the Temerians and, like, use their own metaphors and shit to explain that, like, I I get it now. And he's, like, you know, referencing their their myths and stuff. Uh, right. it's, it's It's really cool. And then, like, the Temerians basically tell him like he goes to give the dagger back and he's like uh Temba his arms wide like you know to give it back and they say no Temba his his hands closed like keep it and uh then they record the incident as Picard and Dathon at Eladrell uh so like it's a new phrase being born into their language that like is is their way to tell people that like oh the the Federation are our allies now. Uh, Neat. It's, it's fucking cool. It's a really good episode. Everything that Star Trek is, is kind of represented in this. It's uh it's real good. No, 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 Star Trek is just mindless action. Yeah, that's true. Star and Trek Alex is, Kurt- uh, yeah, Star Trek is space battles and uh, explosions. There's no diplomacy. And, and there is flares. only there. There's only Alex Kurtzman. Yep. There's lens flares and people screaming con. It's true. Uh, so I didn't actually watch Bridge. I watched maybe 10 minutes total of Bridgerton. But I just I just want to say uh, I actually watched season two. 
she seems fine with it. It seems like a fine se- season. But uh, there's this cool thing that Bridgerton does where they make classical arrangements of like pop songs. So like at one point they were playing Material Girl uh, with a string quartet. They played Wrecking Ball with a, a string quartet. Uh, they played You Ought to Know the string quartet. Like so like they do this like very interesting thing where they morph pop music around the situation that they're in. Uh, so like you're recognizing the song and that's that way. Like I'm like, Oh, material girl. It's like, it's like some girl showing out party or like wrecking ball is somebody trying to like, ah, fuck your society thing. I'm here for just myself, you know? So, uh, it's a cool way to portray themes for somebody who's not paying attention to anything. Uh, but just hears all of a sudden material girl, uh, through a fucking violin. And that's it. That's all, that's all I have to say about Bridgerton. I, I don't know if I'll ever actually watch that show, but uh, I at least gave its music a chance. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. All right. Uh, with that, it's time to cut into a quick break. When we come back from the break, uh, it, it's time. It's it's finally happening. We're getting we're. We're channeling our hormone. We're controlling our breathing. Uh, it's time for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 1. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for our first week of Anime April, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 1. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, this is the uh, based on the manga, and I think at least Stardust Crusaders was made into an anime before, but uh, this is the anime series that started in 2012. Uh, this is an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, original title, Jojo no Kimyo na Boken. Uh, it's an animation action adventure. Uh, the story of the Joestar family who are possessed with intense psychic strength in the adventures each family member encounters throughout their lives. Uh, Dan, this is first blush for you, except for uh, Kashibi Rohan. So uh, what did you think of part one, Phantom Blood? All right, so it's nine episodes for Phantom Blood, which is uh, strange. It, but at least I, I think they did a good job of telling that story completely within nine episodes. I I don't know what I expect. It wasn't that. It wasn't that was not what I was expecting for the the show because like mm-hmm. it hasn't gone insane yet. Yeah, the first the first series is about it's a little more serious. Uh, part two starts to become insane 
But uh, yeah, part yeah. one, it's it's kind of like, oh, this is, you know, this is definitely an anime show. Uh, like there's there's comedic beats of like, you know, the narrator saying dumb shit and just funny character names and stuff. But altogether, it's like, you know, it's a superhero story and it kind of yeah. leans into that. Yeah, I mean. Fantastic secondary character names. You got Robert E.O. Speedwagon, Ton Penny. Uh, you you have Dyer and Straitso. Dyer, Straitso. Uh, yeah, yeah, all good things. Yeah. We got, uh, uh, of course, Dio. Yeah. As in Ronnie James. Uh, and then uh, his last name being Brando, which, of course, like Marlon Brando, yep. I guess. Yep. That is what that is. Uh, but yeah, like <clears throat> it's I would say definitely like it's the most serious part. And it's uh, Jonathan Joestar is the most heroic Jojo. Like the other ones kind of do a lot of dumb shit or like beat ass because they're just angry or like, you know, yep. backed into a corner or whatever. But like. Uh, Jonathan does things because it's the right thing to do without having to have like extra motivation on top of that. Right. So that makes his character kind of boring, unfortunately. Like he doesn't, he doesn't develop anything. Like he doesn't develop in like heroism like Joseph does. He's just already heroic. And that's cool. He wants nothing but to conduct himself as a gentleman. Right. Uh, and he gets pissed off uh, and boy, does he get pissed off sometimes with, with uh, Dio, especially. But mm -hmm. yeah, like, Dio! It, well, well, I didn't I didn't watch in Japanese. I watched in uh, American because yeah. uh, great American as, hero as you Johnny Young Bosch uh, voices Jonathan Joestar. So, of course, it's I true. had to just uh, just do it. Wait till we get to Stardust Crusaders because Matt Mercer vo voices Jotaro. Ooh, there you go. Uh, I think you like Matt Mercer more than I do. I don't particularly care for I Matt Mercer. I think he's fine. I don't know. He is a prolific voice actor, but Johnny yeah. Young Bosch, though, is uh, our patron saint. He's the patron saint of my anime fandom. Uh, I think he's actively bad, though, in these nine episodes <laughs> because they have him doing a sort of British accent. And maybe it's intentional, like purposeful bad voice direction but nobody's british accent sounds any good in in this series so it has to be like also like zeppeli's italian accent like comes and goes yeah. whenever he wants i feel uh, that the guy they voice uh robert eo speedwagon not a good british accent well, either you should you should hear their uh <laughs> their fucking uh accents in the original one uh they the joke is that they're all japanese accents in the in the Japanese version. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid, stupid joke. Yeah. But I don't know how you do like a British accent when you're speaking Japanese. Like, I'm sure you can do it. It's just I don't know how you do it. I, I hope you're ready because like uh, and this is me speaking directly to our audience. I hope you're ready for me to do like a bad Japanese accent for a lot of this month. Because a lot of like the original Japanese in this show is like so over the top that like one of the most delightful things about the show is like 
how they pronounce stuff. So bear with us. Yeah. Uh, no one can see it, but I have Zawarlda uh, on my fucking whiteboard right now because that's what Dio stand is uh, in, in part three. It's true. Which is like, I remember you like because we talked about the stands a lot and like Shibi Rohan, of course, has the stands. So I was like, yeah. where are the stands? Why haven't I seen two spirit warriors going or 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 at each other the entire time? Yeah, because stands don't exist in parts one and two. Which I did not know until now. I'm like, oh, it's just Hamon. Okay. Which, okay, is that a reference to something? Is Hamon like a reference to like, like Michael Jackson? Like, no, I don't, I don't think it's a direct reference to anything. I think it's just supposed to be sort of like chi energy or whatever. But it's fair. It's just what their superpower is until stands are released into the world. And, uh, Hamon becomes obsolete because uh, most of the things that stands can do are uh, fucking insane. And Hamon would in no way compare. Sure. I don't know. There's there's light Hamon usage in part three, but I won't spoil well, anything. Well, I would assume so. I mean, if stands are going to get released in part three, like you have to use the thing that you already have. Before you can get to the stands, yeah. unless stands are already out. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about story, I guess, a bit. Broad strokes. It's about uh, Jonathan Joestar, our our young hero uh, and his fight against Dio, uh, who is uh, a ruffian who, you know, uh, tried to basically embezzle the Joestar fortune uh, and then became a megalomaniac obsessed with world domination. Yep. So our first episode is uh, Jojo as uh, a young lad. And then like, uh, actually like our opening scene is um, Jojo's parents as they uh, were on a journey. It's like the late 1800s. Um, when this story begins, but like their carriage goes off a cliff and, uh, I think Jojo's mother was killed and his father is like clinging to life. Uh, and Dio's father comes to, uh, basically loot the bodies. Um, but George Joestar, uh, you know, sees him and is like, Oh, you're here to rescue me. Like I owe you my life. I'm a wealthy person. I can, I can repay you as the, as it goes, like some years later, Dario Brando is on his deathbed and he says, Dio, you know, like this world is a rotten place and you've got to take it for all you can get. So go to the Joestar Manor, like the idiot who lives there thinks that I, he owes me. Uh, So like take, take everything that he has and then, you know, set yourself up for a good, a good life. Right. Uh, so he does. Um, and like, you know, he's, he's immediately antagonistic to Jojo. Cause he thinks that Jojo's like a coddled, like pretty boy. Basically it's like, uh, basically like Dio just thrives on making Jojo's life miserable. Cause like 
he's street smart and conniving enough to like turn everyone against him while making himself look good. Yep. Um, so the only people in the world that uh, Jojo really has that he can turn to are um, a girl that he stands up for named Arena and uh, his his dog. Danny. Um, so Dio does what he can to to take that away from him. Uh, and this is unfortunately uh, sort of a theme <laughs> in the series is that like. Uh, they like to show that people are evil by having them kill dogs. So Ashley might not oh. like this. Well, yeah, Ashley was like, this man's a bad man. Yeah. I hate this man. Like they like in that first episode, they did everything they could to establish. This is a bad man who you will not find redeemable in any mm-hmm. way, shape or form. And that's that's the one thing that I actually really like about Dio's character is they don't have like a redemption arc or anything. He just seethes evil because of who he is. Yeah. And then, like, they grow up. It seems that they're, like, getting along, but, like, secretly they both uh, still hate each other. Dio, obviously, is, like, trying to to steal Jojo's inheritance, and Jojo uh, will never forgive Dio for the, his early transgressions against him. Also, there is... Uh, like as far as their studies, Jojo became interested in uh, archaeology. So like he's been studying this weird stone mask that his dad had that like um, like they showed it actually whenever like the carriage crashed. So it was like something that had been in the family for a bit. Uh, and Jojo found out that like because uh, I think he like cut his hand and got blood on the mask. Uh, it made like spikes shoot out of it. So it's this weird mask mm-hmm. that reacts to blood. Um, secretly, Dio knows this secret. Uh, so he plans to use the mask to kill Jojo. And then, like, you know, it turns out that uh, Jojo's dad is sick and that Dio has been poisoning him. Uh, there's like an episode or two that's like Jojo proving that and befriending uh, Speed Speed Reagan. Like they they confront him. The police are about to arrest Dio. uh, But Dio like ends up putting on the mask and like stabbing George Joestar. Yep. And then like getting the blood on the mask and like the spikes impale Dio's head. Uh, And he finds out that uh, the mask just turns you into a vampire. Uh, So Dio is a vampire now and like starts destroying the mansion and like kills all the police and shit. And uh, Jojo has to fight him. And this is before he has the fantastic ability of Homon. So so he he is able to fight him for the most part and hold his own. He does his best. Yeah, he does the hero Uh, thing and yeah, and uh, walks away kind of. But. Uh, not really until he runs into a dude who's like, hello, I will give you psychic energy that will heal you. Uh, he he heals him and then well, sort of trains him. Well, jo- the Joestar Manor uh, burns down and like Jojo's recovering because he's like, he's not dead, but he's very badly burned. Uh, that's from Austin Powers. But yeah, it turns out that the uh, the person who has been, you know, 
working night and day to to try to cool his burns and keep him, you know, help him heal is uh, Arena, the girl that, you know, he had befriended and um, who, you know, she thought that her first kiss would be Jojo, but Kono Dioda! Which means it was me, Dio, because uh, he like forces a kiss on her when they're kids. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like a rekindling of their relationship. Uh, and then he meets a weird guy who says, hey, I can give you, um, you know, chi uh, breathing so that you can punch good. Yes. Uh, and then to make a long story short, uh, eventually he moves on to uh, fight Dio's minions, uh, mm-hmm. two, two of which who were like in the 1600s, warriors from the 1600s. Yeah, he fights. He fights them. Um, yep, fights Blueford. Uh, Tarkus kills uh, Zeppeli. Yeah, uh, Zeppeli is was apparently coach. foreseen yeah. for years, decades. Uh, and this is where Zeppeli gives Jojo all of his hormone, so yeah. he has more energy to fight uh, Tarkus and immediately defeat him. It's the last of my hormone. Take it, uh, as you'll see. <laughs> As we'll see in part two, um, the Zeppelis have a a long-standing family tradition of uh, dying to protect the Joe Stars. Uh, that's true. It's almost like that's what their family's entire purpose is is just for to give the Joe Stars more hormone. And uh, I'm guessing when there's no more hormone to give to anybody because Stan's outrank hormone in terms of power, uh, the Zeppelis just disappear because no one cares anymore. Boy, are you psychic? Uh, no, I'm just channeling my hormone breathing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they fight Dio. Uh, and then Dio's like, yo, dog, uh, you're, you're not going to kill me. I refuse to die, uh, even though you've cut off my head from my body. <laughs> even even though he uh, defeated him with uh, the sword of luck that he got from Blueford, uh, which with his, you know, dying breath put a P on it to make it into pluck. Which is a thing, I guess. I don't know. Because you pluck the strings of a guitar. Yeah. Or just because he's a, a plucky hero. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, like they, they killed Dio or seemingly killed Dio until I think I think it's Wang Chen, his subordinate, pops up out of nowhere. He's like, oh no, Master Dio. Gotta gotta keep you out of the sunlight. Gotta, gotta catch them all. Uh, and then uh, for some reason, I, do they say why? But like, like Jonathan and Arena are going to go to America. Like, I guess the they're on their honeymoon. honeymoon? Yeah, right. they finally get married. And then uh, Dio shows up again, uh, takes over the entire yeah, fucking ship. as a head. And his his plan is to because uh, like he still has a bunch of like vampire zombies and shit that are loyal to him. Uh, their plan is to take over the ship and. uh Basically, like Dio is going to uh, steal Jojo's body since he's uh, just ahead and should have quit while he was ahead. Uh, and then uh, because of that, Jojo's like, oh, I'm just going to be dead here. Yeah. So I'm just going to make them take down the ship. Yeah. Just for no reason. Uh, Dio just shoots eye lasers at him. And it's like, well, if he could have done that the whole time. Right, right. Why, why not use them before? There's so many powers that Dio uses in part one that just go away forever once they have stands. 
<laughs> don't need them. Yeah, don't need them. Why would you need eye lasers when you have Zawarudo? That's true. So yeah, uh, the ship goes down. Uh, Arena takes a baby that was uh, orphaned and uh, apparently her pregnant body out of the ship and mm-hmm. uh, hides in a, a, a coffin or a chest yeah. or something. Uh, they float away in Dio's coffin. Yeah. And then uh, that sets up part two, I I, I guess, somehow. That's uh, I don't know. We we skip past some stuff, but that's like a pretty good synopsis of what's going on in part one, because like part yeah. one basically is a, you know, a setup for everything else. But yeah. and I don't feel like we really need to get into every detail. No, I like uh, we, we could talk about it. I like detail. I like how um, Jonathan names all of his attacks and shit. So like when he uses a, a hormone move, like they call it overdrive mm-hmm. uh, or in in the original Japanese, Obadraibu. Like he'll yell out like sunlight yellow overdrive and then just do like a regular punch that has like energy yeah, re- around it. Regular punch. Yep. It's all it's always like something, a color and then overdrive. Always. Yeah. Never fails. There is one where because uh, hormone is keyed off of your breathing uh, an enemy tried to defeat him by like forcing him underwater. Uh, so he swam down and uh, like released a pocket of air bubbles from under a, a rock and was able to get a breath and uh, then yelled underwater turquoise blue overdrive. And I lost my fucking mind because that was so funny. So, yeah, uh, part one is uh, honestly not a great start. It's OK. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's OK, but it's it's just very standard anime shit. I enjoy it. Um, I don't know. Mostly I just. I could do with more Dio if I'm being honest, but like, yeah, I I like everything in it. It's not the best part. No. But I don't know. It's like anything else. It's, you know. You, you got to do it for a little bit to find your footing. And uh, I think that they do a pretty good job in part two. Yeah, so part two, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's like much of a prologue. It's just like uh, there's a, a kid, a street ruffian named Smokey, mm-hmm. uh, Smokey Brown. Uh, he's black. So, you know, the first thing you have to have happen to him is he runs in, into, jo- into Joseph, uh, steals his wallet and then runs into two corrupt cops. Who just want to beat the shit out of him because he's black. Because Japan. Right. Uh, Also because, you know, it's America. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, because it's titled New York's Jojo uh, is the first episode of part two. So, so yeah, he's he's a black man in America and has encountered cops. So, of course, their first instinct is to beat the shit out of. Mm hmm. But yeah, then we find Jojo or our, our new Jojo, Joseph Joestar. And uh, yeah, uh, Jonathan's grandson. Yeah. And he's uh, he's he's OK. Uh, he's a character. I, I, f- I fucking love Jonathan. Um, I don't know. He's he's where like one of the the best Jojo memes comes from, where it's like your next line is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like anytime he fights somebody, he's already in their head. He he's already planned to like he he sh- he's shown to have a very keen battle mind. Yeah, 
and the battle tendency, uh, which is the name of part two. That's true. He's on like some Sun Tzu art of war shit because like his entire thing is like feigning incompetence while being incredibly competent. Right. Which is an interesting strategy uh, and it works pretty well for him. So like the 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 events of this series are set in motion when um, straight. So for some reason, 50 years later, decides I'm going to be the bad guy. now. Yeah, he decides to, uh, you know, he's getting old. His body's failing him. He decides to abandon the ways of hormone and just follow Dio's path and become a goddamn vampire so that he can live forever because uh, he fears mortality. Uh, and Joseph's response is to pull out a fucking Tommy gun and just like decimate a cafe and like shoot shoot the shit out of him. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that's fantastic. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you murdered that man. And then uh, slow, like everyone's in horror of fucking Joseph and what he's done. And then Straito reconnects himself and uh, comes back alive. And everyone's horrified by yeah. him then instead of being like, <laughs> oh, maybe this man should be killing this other man yeah. with this gun. Uh, and the best part of it is like, because, you know, Joseph can learn from the past. Like he's heard the stories about Dio and shit. Uh, Straito tries to chop his head off with fucking eye lasers and uh, Joseph holds up uh, shot glasses, which like refracts the light around it and like directs mm -hmm. the eye laser back at Straito. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they, they fight uh, Jonathan or not Jonathan. Joseph uh, eventually gets the best of Straito and he's like, you're to defeat people stronger than me because there's a man in Mexico, uh, the the pillar man in Mexico. You're going to defeat him now. Yeah. And so that that begins the arc of the pillar men. Yeah. Um, yeah. They like they found more stone masks, but like uh, basically like they found out that like the stone masks were tied to like the Toltec civilizations in like Central America. So it's like a Aztec or a Mayan. But yeah, they found right. uh, like people embedded in stone in like this ancient temple with like these stone masks, like vampire masks all around them. Uh, so that's the new that's the new threat is uh, and right. actually like. The the war against the pillar men, I actually like really like that story a lot. The first one that they let out of, you know, his. Millennia long slumber is uh, they call it well in the English dub, they call him San Viento, but it's Santana. It's Santana. It's Santana. Mm -hmm. And he's got fabulous secret powers um, that make him the ultimate life form, uh, according to. 
the Nazis who unearthed him. Yep. 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 <laughs> this is the big problem with this this thing is that so like it, it's it's actually a standard Nazi story because the Nazis are going around trying to find supernatural shit mm-hmm. in order to help them conquer Europe. This is uh, a factual thing that happened. Like the the Nazis literally were searching for the Spear of Destiny, which uh, was the spear that pierced Christ's side. And whoever uh, held it was said to be immortal. This is a real thing. Yeah. Like, that's why the Ark of the, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the way it is. Yep. That's why uh, the Last Crusade is the way it is. Like, these are real things that the, the, the Germans were looking for. Because they wanted as many advantages as possible. So we have uh, Joseph Joestar and the Speedwagon Foundation and some Nazis trying to save the Earth. (laughs) Which, like, I don't think they ever say the word Nazi, especially in the English dub. Uh, And they get they get around showing the salute by doing and you you folks at home can't see this, but I'm doing what they do in order to get around the salute thing. Yeah, like you can't see the hand. He's it. He's just holding his arms in the air while clicking his heels together. And it's like, right. Yeah, we have plausible deniability. Uh, so yeah, like the, the, the main Nazi, uh, we're going to call them Nazis because yeah, that's who they are. Cause they're fucking uh, is Nazis. It's von Stroheim. Yeah. Who is like the, the chief science officer or some kind of shit in, in uh, this. I think he was thing. just like the commander of whatever unit, but yeah. yeah. German engineering is the best engineering in the world. I mean, technically, he's not wrong. All of our advances in the 40s and 50s uh, were all because of the German scientists that defected. Yeah. We we got to the moon because we uh, offered all of the people who worked <laughs> we, on the V2 project immunity from being prosecuted as fucking Nazis. Yep, that's true. That's exactly how that happened. So, um, yeah, they 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 get uh, Santana. I'm going to call him Santana because uh, his as name's we find Santana. out. But as we find out, uh, all of them have their own uh, different. Yeah, uh, they're all they're all references named after rock stars and stuff, because, yep. you know, because it's Jojo and it's mostly right. music references. So, like, uh, you know, Santana gets out and they're they're trying to stop Santana from from escaping and, you know, destroying the world, the world, the world. And then uh, and then. uh fucking what's his face um idiot man uh nazi dude von, von stroheim, stroheim is like i'm gonna blow myself up because uh he's trying to take over my body so he blows himself up uh and then in elongated thing uh joseph finally defeats santana and you're like oh no not smooth with rob thomas but you're not getting that anymore oh, yeah. um i don't know it's it's interesting especially like in the first engagement with like you know what what ultimately is the weakest of the pillar men Jonathan Joestar had to be trained in hormone whereas Joseph like got it naturally through like heredity i guess because his grandfather had it um so like he's always been able to do it but it's not like 
a trained ability. He just kind of right. does it by impulse. Right. It's not refined in any way. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. You know, they they fight. Joseph uh, tries to convince him that he's like a wizard by doing the thing where he's like moving his thumb up and down his finger. Uh, which is funny. And then he like goes to run away. But that's uh, like the secret Joestar family technique is to run away when shit gets too real. But as we find out, like he's not running away because he's scared. No, he's like, getting to a better I'm, tactical I'm doing, position. Yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it out and getting to a better tactical position in order to make fights good in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, he runs away so that Santana will chase him so that Speedwagon can get away. Right. But so, uh, yeah, they they now go to uh, I think it's Rome. So, no, Venice in, in Italy. Venice, Venetia, uh, which, which is where the rest of the uh, the pillar men are. They're all mm-hmm. in the same pillar for some fucking reason. And Santana's off. But I know narratively why yeah. they had to do that. But like so that they can go to the Colosseum. Right. But overarchingly, narratively, I don't understand why. You know, Santana is off on his own and then there's just the three of them chilling. You know what I mean? Like, why would the three of them chilling be like, ah, fuck Santana? Well, Santana was like, while the three of them slumbered, I think Santana was kind of supposed to be the one who was like walking the world, setting things up for their return. But sure, because like he was the first to awaken. He was like, oh, I must awaken my masters. But. Uh, and uh, then his masters, the the other three pillar men, turn out to be uh, cars named after the band The Cars. Uh, Wamu, oh, yeah, Wamu, Wham. who is you know Wham, and ACDC. <laughs> I wonder what he's named for. <laughs> I mean, his was so blatant. Wamu took me a little bit. I I didn't. I've never even heard of The Cars yeah. in my entire life. It's uh, ACDC. It's spelled E-S-I-D-I-S-I. It's uh, it's not copy infringement. No, it's 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 just different enough. Yeah. Uh, but we also are leaving out Caesar Zeppeli, who uh, apparently fucking Baron Zeppeli had sex and then a child and then that child had a child mm-hmm. somehow. Sure, even though, like, timeline-wise, it makes no fucking sense, but sure, whatever. ACDC's deal is, like, which, like, this is also why ACDC's the best of the Pillar Men, but also probably, like, the least threatening, is because he cares more about, like, his honor as a warrior than, like, he cares about dominating the world so like joseph convinces him like oh it wouldn't be honorable to just kill me you should give me some time to train uh so like wamu and acdc each put like uh a ring of metal inside joseph's body that will uh dissolve in 30 days releasing a poison that kills him 33 days come on okay well yeah about a month (laughs) Uh, 
and like each of them has like uh, one of them has a nose ring and I think the other one has a lip ring or something like that. Yep, that's um, correct. And it's like, yeah, the antidote is in our shit. So like if you want to survive, uh, you'll have to come and track us down and kill us in that time. Uh, so you like, we'll leave you alone to go train your hormone so that it's, uh, uh, a battle worth having. Uh, so Jojo right. goes to train along with Caesar Zeppeli, uh, under master Lisa, Lisa, who is a, a total was, milf. Come, no, Caleb, come on. She's totally like 20 years old. She's definitely like their age, man. <laughs> I want to see her boobies, even if she does turn out to be my mom. Yeah, I want to look through the keyhole and then turn towards the uh, invisible camera and go nice. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that that's a part that I think they're like, huh? How do we reconcile this after Jojo comes back after fighting cars? Uh, and, and they were just the, like, the we're answer not going is we to. Don't. We're not going to acknowledge <laughs> it. We're <laughs> That's one of those parts is like, what the fuck, dude? Um, in hindsight, especially because like, like, because it's it's bad enough that like, I mean, in the first part of the show, like in um, Phantom Blood, there's nothing like that. Like, it's actually like, I, I don't want to say like wholesome anime, but it's like the complete opposite of, you know, High Rise Invasion, where it's just like fucking fan service the entire time. This that's probably the most fan servicey part in part two is uh, when Lisa Lisa is in the bathtub, but and like you know the ensuing battle afterwards where she's basically like pressing a towel against her body in order to not you know mo- move this to like an AO rated anime. Yeah, there's like a, l- a lot of the training stuff I actually find interesting. Like one of the things is uh, they put like. Like one of those uh, air restrictive masks on Joseph so that he has to focus on his breathing. Uh, They have to um, climb up a a slippery pillar that's like covered in oil. And like oil's just flowing down it. And the only way to do it is like to focus your hormone through it to make yourself stick. Or else you'll like slide back down. I don't know. That stuff's interesting. And that was the thing with jo- uh, Jojo is that, like, a- as you said, like his hormone is like powerful, but raw. Mm-hmm. And he has like no like his uh, Zeppeli throws like an upside down glass of water at him uh, and being like, all right, now hold the water in there. And he, he can't do it. Like, I-, I actually think like the glass even breaks because mm-hmm. like his hormone is so unrefined. Yeah. Whereas like Baron Zeppeli in the first part uh, punched a frog that was sitting on top of a rock and the rock broke and the frog hopped away. Yeah, everyone's like, Zeppeli, no, don't kill that frog. <laughs> don't and don't like, do uh, it. Hawks, oh, frog's fine. No one cares. But yeah, I don't know. I think the training stuff's interesting. Uh, but like, I mean, we're here to watch Jojo beat the shit out of some pillar men. Um, so. I think uh, what's. You trying to the, the trainers? Yeah, what's uh, what's the order that they take them down in? Is it? I think it's uh, 
Oh, it's Wamu ACDC. First, or no, ACDC first, then Wamu. It's ACDC, then ACDC's brain, and then oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Wamu, and then... Because ACDC uh, attacks cars. them while they're training still. Right. Uh, like, he kills um, Lodge? Lodges? I, I like, can't remember exactly. Named after oh, Kenny it's Loggins. Supposed Ken- it's supposed to be Kenny. Kenny Loggins, okay. It's Kenny. But yeah, Kenny like, Loggins. He, he kills he kills Loggins before training even starts, and then JoJo's like, well, now I'll just have to kill you anyway, ACDC. Uh, which they, they died when um, uh, Bond Scott died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. But like, so so JoJo deals with ACDC, uh, who has, uh, who's hot-blooded. Which, Check it uh, and see. I, I was just like, is this an ACDC reference? Now, the uh, Hot Blooded, I think that was a Foreigner song. And I think you're right. I'm like, no, it's definitely not ACDC. It doesn't sound like Brian Johnson or Brian Johnson or Bon Scott. So I'm singing the song, I should say. So, yeah, they. Uh, Jojo finds out about the Redstone of Asia. Yeah, like ACDC shows up. Uh, Jojo has a cunning gambit that defeats him. Uh, but mm-hmm. then his his brain <laughs> survives and like hitches a ride on Jojo's back and then possesses uh, Susie Q, who is the the hot housemaid that Lisa Lisa has that who, who has uh, a, just the worst Italian accent I think I've ever heard. <laughs> well, like turn Was up it a stereotypical to be Italian. Italian? Uh, yes. She kind of is doing yes. it, I guess. Yeah, I thought she was just an idiot. I mean, she's just like a hand pinch away from being the most stereotypical stereotype you can think of. But uh, I think my favorite part about that was when uh, Jojo's like, oh, man, my shoulders really hurt. That's that fight with ACDC must have taken a lot out of me. And you see like this fucking slimy brain on his back. <laughs> and at one point he's like, ah, my, my shoulders like the, the weight's gone. I must be healing. And this is like the fucking brain's gone. Probably attached himself to Susie Q at this point. Yeah. I don't know. He uh, he finds a way to save Susie Q and destroy ACDC's brain without, you know, any additional loss of life because he's the hero. Yeah. And then uh, Susie Q gets all Randy for him, baby, and then Hell yeah. uh, sets up their relationship where they have children. Yeah. Uh, so now that ACDC has been taken off the board and Jojo's gotten one of the halves of the cure. For himself, uh, like they consider their hormone training complete. And so mm-hmm. Joseph and Caesar take off after cars. Also, uh, Von Stroheim shows up because he got fucked up fighting Santana, but now he's a goddamn cyborg Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently, you know, pre-Wolfenstein, they experimented on Von Stroheim first and being like, hmm, yeah, can we make a Yeah, before they put Hitler in a mecha body. Yeah, they're like, ah, let's just fucking use our technology on this random colonel. That game was fucking insane. <laughs> Did I, have I haven't played the new Wolfensteins, but I, I played like the original <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, yeah. And like, yeah, you fight mecha Hitler. Do they have that in I the don't... new ones? Uh, I played the first one, but I don't I don't remember if you fight Mecha Hitler. There's a lot of Mecha Nazis. 
And I remember the second one, for some fucking reason, there was so much controversy about you killing the Nazis. And the developer was just like. They're Nazis. We don't care. They're Nazis. Yeah. That we're fine with this. Uh, but like people were still because fu- people like and it was like games journalists compa- complaining about this. And if you know anything about games journalists, they are like the far left of the far left. That's true. Like. I like I, why they cared so much about Nazis getting murdered. I'll never understand because that's what they, the the video game they, industry is a joke because it's the industry that allowed Anthony Birch to rise to prominence. And he is a cuckold, literally. Ooh. He was a writer for uh, the Borderlands games. Mm. Like he was the reason that like Mr. Torg was saying a bunch of like. Making a bunch of like feminist rants and shit during the DLC for Borderlands and I was just like just let me blow up these uh fucking weird creatures and loot treasure and shit I don't want to hear this there's there's a time and a place so yeah uh fucking proto mecha hitler shows up and he's like ah, I hear you you're looking for the stone of asia so let's draw out cars in order to with the stone the stone of Asia to try to beat him early. Uh, and then. They they don't they like barely escape with their lives. Yeah, they don't do a good job with this one. Yeah. And then uh, they find out that. Uh, Rock beats Caesar. This is a little rock, paper, scissors joke for you. Did you hang up on me because you're mad? <sighs> no, no, I didn't hang up on you. Just so, I'm just so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the writing I call into question, because like they have like a whole like five minute spiel about like why Caesar is so interested in killing Hamu or uh, Wamu. Wamu. And I'm like, yeah. OK, I'm like, OK, because of his sure. Yes, Faja got absorbed into the fucking tablet. To feed the pillar men. Yep. So now he wants to avenge his father by fucking <sighs> killing Wamu. And he gets really close. It's really close then, with his bubble cutter. Yeah, because he shoots bubbles. That's his, that's his power. He, he, he has a thin layer of soap on all of his clothes, uh, to which I said, we'll just leave them in the washing machine and do another <laughs> rinse cycle. <laughs> Uh, that would be so uncomfortable and probably cause you to break out really bad. I, yeah, I know. Uh, he's supposed to be like some kind of fucking ladies man too. Like you just fucking covered in soap and then you yeah. cover all the girls in soap too. What are you doing? Well, they love him cause he's so fresh and so clean, clean. That might be true. It, it, you know, we, we complain about magic players not wearing deodorant all the time. You know, at least this guy has soap on, but yeah, uh, he fights, uh, Wamu and nearly defeats him. But, uh, in a, a moment of over eagerness, I guess, uh, fucks up and then uh, immediately gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Caesar is able to grab the the lip ring from Wamu and uh, puts it and his headband into a, a hormone bubble and floats it off towards uh, Joseph. And in in Zeppeli family tradition, 
uh, gives his last hormone to a Joe star. Uh, yep. But like. Out of respect for Caesar, like Joseph refuses to take the antidote until he kills Wamu anyway. So like basically Caesar died for nothing. That's that's true. All, all he is is just like a memory. Like, ah, I'm just fighting for you now, Caesar. And it's like, oh, so you're not fighting for the fact that you're going to die. It's just that mm-hmm. you're 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 or, or to save the world. It's oh, I got to fight for Caesar. You could have fought for Caesar without the poison in your body. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, you also could have gone inside. They, they were outside for a very long time. Yeah. They could have helped Caesar at any moment. Yeah, it sets us up for the really cool action set piece, though, of uh, Wamu and Joseph Joestar fighting each other on chariots at the Rome Coliseum with a bunch of uh, zombie vampire guys around uh, cheering and hissing at them. Yeah, uh, and it kind of just goes to show more of Joseph's uh, actual battle tactics, because, again, he just comes off as a complete oaf and buffoon. You know, Wamu seems to have the upper hand multiple times, but uh, Joseph, using his battle intellect, also understands how to counter all of the things that Wamu's doing. Mm -hmm. Defeats him because he's the greatest. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about this, but uh, like, I think each of the um, each of the pillar men are supposed to be one of the four classical elements. Because I think, like, uh, one of them makes, like, fucking, like, tornadoes. And then one of them... Yep, that's one. I think uh, Santana is supposed to be water because he can, like, squish his body through the fucking vents and shit. I don't know. It's neat. It's it's kind of a neat idea. They don't really focus on it too much, but... uh, so Jojo defeats Swamu. Um, meanwhile, uh, Lisa Lisa challenges cars to one on one combat. It's very one on one. It really is. Also, Well, there's also a lot of Nazis there. Well, so the Nazis get there afterwards, but like uh, <laughs> car cars and Lisa fight. Uh, and then it turns out the cars brought in a fucking double. Uh, oh, yeah. that Lisa that Lisa kicks and is about to kill. Uh, then cars sneak attacks her, stabs her through the chest and then uh, dangles her yeah. over a ledge in order to uh, prevent Jojo from doing anything. Yeah. Cause uh, cars doesn't give a shit about honor. He just wants to become the ultimate life form. Right. And that's when the Nazis show up with their UV sun rays and uh, start shooting them at the fucking zombies. Also, uh, Speedwagon and Smokey show up for some reason to do my least favorite thing, uh, which is narrate. explaining what's happening. Yeah. Narrating what's happening on the screen. It is the worst uh, fucking trope in anime. I'm OK with it. in like stuff like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, because like it's fighter sharing insight. So fighter sharing insight makes sense. These are two people who don't use Hamon, don't even throw a fucking punch. In, in the entire series that are just like, yeah, look at this shit that's happening in front of us. And are just like. Yeah, uh, <sighs> they do it a lot less going forward, but I don't know. I Thank think the, I think the narration in the first two parts is kind of hysterical, honestly. Just because it's so it, like it 
it feels like it's intentionally bad so I can enjoy it as yeah. like bad movie quality. Sure. But yeah, eventually, uh, you know, cars is able to get the upper hand and, uh, manages to get the red stone of Asia and put it in the mask and put it on himself. And like right. the same mask that turns you into a vampire. If it has the red stone of Asia, it turns pillar man into uh ultimate life form, I guess. Which uh, Von Stroheim tells us no fewer than eight times that he didn't see him put the stone in the mask and he didn't see him put the mask on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, apparently he did, though. He did. So Redstone makes cars basically invincible. You know, he can he can control his body at will so he can like shape shift different animal parts and stuff. So he just sprouts wings, wings and starts flying. Uh, he, he to show off his power, he creates a squirrel from his hand and then has the squirrel eat another squirrel right in front of everybody. Mm hmm. Pretty baller move, quite honestly. I've been like, kind of awesome. I don't give a fuck about you guys at all. Uh, I'd rather just show you my horrifying power. Also, uh, I think I think Cars is like the first real fuck boy in the series. <laughs> like he's the... Cars is kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, the, that hair, all the muscles. Yeah, and then like the little the little cloth like thong thing he's got on it's like yeah with like the the open sides on the pants it's like man i'm not gay but i'm not that straight yeah but a car is a car yeah uh so so yeah eventually it gets down to uh jojo versus cars uh von stroheim fights cars again uh thinking you know this will go better than the last time when cars wasn't the ultimate life form mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, no, it goes exactly the same. He's cut in half again. Again. Because, uh, because your Nazi balls. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Jojo loses his hand in a turn of events that I didn't fucking see yeah. coming. So, like, Jojo steals a plane and, like, leads cars on a chase. So, like, uh... Jojo's like leading him to a volcano, hoping to like dunk cars in the lava uh, to make him like fucking die forever. Uh, but yeah, like he he ends up getting his arm chopped off. Uh, the volcano erupts, uh, but like cars is not killed by it, but it fucking blasts cars and Jojo on a rock like way into the fucking like stratosphere. <laughs> and then through like yeah. a weird a weird series of like random shit happening uh cars gets blasted into fucking outer space uh where yeah, the by other smaller rocks yeah where he turns into a rock again and you know he's the ultimate life form you know he can't be killed but he turns into a goddamn rock in space and has no way to uh, return himself to Earth. So he's right. He's effectively removed forever. Until, you know, they travel across the galaxy in a in a future Jojo and then Cars is just there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, fuck, we have to fight Cars now. Great. Fortunately, we have stands and not Hamon. No one gives a fuck <laughs> about Hamon anymore. Well, exactly one person in part three gives a shit about Hamon. 
but yeah, uh, so like the end of the series is, you know, uh, once again, our our great hero uh, has fallen um, and we're at Joseph Joestar's funeral, uh, which Joseph Joestar then shows up to uh, after, you know, not letting anybody know that he's still alive. Also, Susie Q's here. We got married. Didn't you know? Nobody told you. Uh, sorry, Granny Arena. I'm a piece of shit. What about that telegram I told you to send? And Susie Q's and like, Susie oh, Q I forgot. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do that. And then Joe just starts chasing her around for some reason. Yeah, because know, he's going to uh, beat her. Well, that's true. It is the th- it is the late 30s, so yeah. it was still in vogue to beat your wife. And then uh, he's got. It's got like a mechanical hand, too. I think maybe. Yes. Yeah. No, he does. Uh, I don't know why, because, again, remember, because he, fucking, he got um, it from the Nazis. Well, that but also like I remember Jonathan had like severe injuries that were immediately healed by Hamon. Mm-hmm. So, like, why would he just not grab his arm, shove his arm go onto the stump? No, it was on the rock the whole time. I don't know. So sh- just shove the arm back on the ha- arm and then use Hamon to reconnect the arm. Maybe you got blasted in space. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I-, I thought I saw it the entire time on the know. rock next to him. You uh, <laughs> you should never ask a man his salary, a woman her age, or Joseph Joestar which political group he got his prosthetic hand from. Yeah, he's like, I, I feel like I need to get it tuned up, but uh, I, I don't think I can anymore, considering that we're at war with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, Von Stroheim died heroically in Stalingrad, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> yes, not much fun in Stalingrad. I was like, this is wild, bro. We're really going to call the Nazis heroes? Like, what <sighs> are we doing? Fucking Japan. Fucking Japan. So, uh, yeah, what do you th- what do you think of part two? Pretty good, except for all the Nazi shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Nazi shit kind of sucked. Like, because if, if Von Stroheim hadn't come back uh, and there was no robos of Von Stroheim, I'd been, I'd been like, OK, the Nazis serve their purpose. And now we're on to bigger and better things that actually fucking matter. Just have it be the Speedwagon Foundation. I, I, I the Nazis don't need to be there at all, man. Like after after they first die. I understand you're setting it in the early 1940s, but like you don't need the Nazis. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but other than that, like yeah, this is this is definitely more enjoyable than than part one. I'm sorry, uh, part one I think is just fine. This is at least good and entertaining. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the show go off the fucking rails. Yeah. I can't wait to watch you react to it. All right. Uh, that's it. We've talked about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for an hour. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, Dime, no, Stardust Crusaders. That's part three. Yep. Uh, oh, it's season two on Netflix. So if you want to watch along with us, you have uh, an entire week to watch all of Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. If you don't want to, if you didn't watch parts one and two, because I don't know if we really talked about the fact that we were doing this very much and encourage people no, to watch really. it. But like a lot of people just skip parts one and two <laughs> and go straight to Stardust Crusaders. 
which, uh, you know, I don't necessarily recommend, but it, it, do what you want. But uh, Stardust Crusaders is widely regarded as being the best part. It's it's a very good part. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's the best, but it's pretty close. Okay. Uh, and on the back of that, we'll be watching a patron requester review from last quarter because, uh, again, Dan forgot uh, for uh, oh. Leon the Professional. Well, don't worry. Forgetting things is a JoJo reference. Yeah, uh, everything's a JoJo reference. <laughs> Breathing is a JoJo reference. Having an absent father figure is a JoJo reference. Uh, there was a there was a man who played that GeoGuessr game, uh, and then uh, he was just like, "Oh, oh, this looks so familiar." It's like, wait, this can't possibly also be a JoJo reference. And then it hard cuts to where like the JoJo, the part in JoJo where they, uh, you know, they're in Venice. And then you just see all this, all this shit. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, so it is. Everything's a JoJo reference. Nothing matters anymore. But yes. Uh, Leon, the professional from Bubby. Uh, we have to knock out a couple of uh, patron requested reviews early this month because uh, three of them leave. Netflix at the end of April. So got to get those in. All right. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix and swill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things, Netflix and swill, uh, check out our Patreon, which can be found through the thing. Uh, check out our places where you can find our podcast, which you can find through the site. Check out our merch store, which you can find through the site. Uh, check out Apple teeny plus our son podcast which uh has first had its first episode official episode today or like this week recently uh, about coda the best picture winner oscar thing which i roasted apple plus about but whatever it's who cares it's the oscars no one gives a fuck and if you give a fuck get a real personality <laughs> uh, it's true all right uh thank you for uh, the use for theme song there, uh, Space Weather. You're you're really doing it. They are. They really are. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, German science is the best science in the world. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.